Crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Bucks podcast as I am joined by the host of the Locked On Rams podcast and we will preview the upcoming week 11 Monday night football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams coming right up at the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in Bucks Nation to another episode of Locked on Bucks Podcast brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I am your host, David Harrison. One half of the normal hosting duo here, James Yarko, has this episode off. Welcome to any new listeners out there coming here to check out this weekend's Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Los Angeles Rams matchup on Monday Night Football to wrap up week 11 of the 2020 NFL season. To our returning audience, you know we love you. Thank you for coming back, as always, and continuing to support the show It's Thursday. You know what time it is. It's crossover Thursday, and we've got a lot to talk about pertaining to this matchup, so let's get straight to it. Now we welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, the host of the Locked On Los Angeles Rams podcast, fantasy football analyst over at Pro Football Focus. Find him on Twitter at QB's MVP. That's QBS MVP. Sosa Cremenja. Sosa, how you doing, brother? How Are you still flying high off that win over the Seattle Seahawks, or are you coming down now and, and ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? You know, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm ready for week 11. And like you said, man, I'm still feeling pretty good from that win in uh, week 11, or week 10 for the Rams. Uh, it was a big one, obviously, coming out of the bye week and, you know, the only their second divisional game and their first of two against the Seahawks. So that was a big one for the Rams and I'm feeling good. But it's on to Monday night now, man. I'm ready to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got in store for the Rams here. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, if and I know that wins and losses are not a quarterback stat, but uh, most people, they, we do associate wins and losses with quarterbacks a lot. And if if Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams can beat Dangerous one week and then the GOAT Tom Brady the following week, we might need to find Jared Goff uh, a nickname that, that matches both of those. Uh, but Sosa, to start things off, really the question I always ask on crossovers is when the whole Tom Brady story broke, that he was leaving New England and then as it developed that he was coming to Tampa Bay, what were your thoughts about that move? your expectations of the the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers entering 2020, and then now through 10 games from what you've seen, witnessed, seen on Good Morning Football, what are your thoughts about the Buccaneers 10 games into the Tom Brady era? You know, I feel like it's been a lot of what I expected. I mean, anytime you get the GOAT Tom Brady uh, on the roster, I mean, the expectations are going to be sky high. You know, this is a guy who has so many Super Bowl rings. He's been to the playoffs about a million times. Uh, he's he's done it all you know he's he's the best ever and so uh, the expectation was high coming into it I didn't know you know really what to expect in terms of the nitty-gritty and how things were going to work out but I mean anytime a team has Tom Brady you're expecting them to go you know deep into the playoffs and potentially the Super Bowl and so uh, you know when they initially actually added him I was you know there was a lot of talk between the Chargers obviously the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of who was going to land Tom Brady and I was talking with my friends at the time and said, you know, this is the media hype is, is, you know, narrowed it down to these two teams. And 
we are all trying to decide like, oh, where's he going to go? It was the biggest story at the time, obviously, and deservedly so. And, you know, everyone's weighing the options in terms of what does this team have? Why would he want to go here? Oh, this team is, uh, this state has less tax. And, you know, every little thing was mentioned. And, and I told my friends like, hey, man, I read on the internet uh, from one of these big media guys. I can't recall who at the time. It might have been Ian Rappaport or something, but that he was leaning towards the Bucks, And my friends were like, no way. There's just no way he's going there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I couldn't picture it at the time. It just seemed so crazy because of how long he was in New England. But, uh, you know, he ended up going to Tampa Bay. That was deservedly the talk of the next two weeks, if, if not the whole offseason. And, you know, so far, I think things have worked out pretty well for the Bucks. obviously, you know, coming off a huge win last week where they pretty much looked unstoppable offensively. So much talent on that offensive side of the ball. The defense has almost as much talent, if not more. Uh, and this team looks really poised to make a deep run into the playoffs. And so uh, thus far, I think, you know, they've hit expectations, but we're going to see, you know, how things develop going, you know, towards the second half of the season here and ultimately in the playoffs, because that's where it's going to be most important. Absolutely. Yeah. And something that we talked about on our episode on uh, Wednesday was the fact that we're here almost to Thanksgiving and on the Locked On Buck Show, we're talking about playoff seating and percentages and chances versus mock draft so a welcome change uh, mm -hmm. to my time covering the tampa bay buccaneers for sure and something so so that a lot of buccaneers fans talk about every offseason speaking of those mock drafts are florida state prospects and you've got two pretty good ones in jalen ramsey and cam Akers. but jalen ramsey is really the guy that i want to talk about so obviously the buccaneers have their number one receiver in mike evans a lot of people consider chris godwin another number one wide receiver and then you have I don't, former number one wide receiver antonio brown trying to make his comeback for the third time or so uh here is Jalen Ramsey, do you expect Jalen Ramsey from an X's and O's standpoint to shadow one of these guys? If so, which guy is it going to be? Or do you think the Rams are just going to come, come out, play him straight up, scheme for scheme, and you get your guy, you get your guy, and we go out there and win these individual matchups? You know, thus far, the Rams haven't really been a team that's wanting uh, to let a guy like Ramsey shadow opposing number one receivers. And, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, the Bucs have so much talent at that receiver spot. And for me personally, I mean, they got two top five wide receivers in Evans and Godwin, like you mentioned, and, you know, when Antonio Brown is in his element and on his game, I mean, he could very well be the best receiver in football and the best of the trio, too. So uh, I don't know necessarily that, you know, it makes a lot of sense for the Rams to allow Ramsey to travel just because of how deep and talented that position is. You're going to need all three corners, regardless of where they're lining up to play their best. Uh, but when you look at a physical standpoint and just, you know, a body uh, nature and, and size standpoint, it makes sense that a guy like Ramsey might shadow Evans to some degree, at least, you know, he did shadow a lot of DK Metcalf last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, ultimately the Rams, you know, down the line in that fourth quarter started to just kind of play sides when they had a two score lead. And I think that's probably something similar to what they're going to do in this game. But, you know, we've seen a guy like Ramsey line up inside. He's lined up outside. I mean, he's got the versatility to do it all. Um, and he plays in that star position as the Rams call it that nickel spot. And they want him around the ball. So, you know, I think it would make a lot of sense for Ramsey to travel with a guy like Evans. But I don't think that it's going to be a 100% take every snap across from him kind of ordeal. And as a, you know, I would be remiss to not mention a guy like Darius Williams across from Ramsey, who's very, very talented in his own right and could actually be, you know, considered better than Ramsey right now in terms of their play thus far. Uh, and so, you know, that kind of allows the Rams to be more flexible when it comes to their matchups at that cornerback spot. Here in the next segment with Sosa Kermenges, the host of the Locked on Rams podcast, we're going to get a little bit deeper into the Los Angeles Rams, including how that offensive line is going to work without one of their best offensive linemen. And we're going to
we're going to do that because of sponsors like Pepsi, who wants to tell you that this football season will be different. But Pepsi is here to help you get ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. Segment two of Crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Bucks podcast coming up. Back now to continue Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Bucks podcast with the host of the Locked On Rams podcast, Sosa Cremenges. And you know that Tom Brady is going to know where Jalen Ramsey is lined up uh, every play. And then if he's been paying attention like you have to the Rams defense, he's going to know where Darius Williams probably is too. And obviously Aaron Donald, who this Buccaneers offensive line is going to have to deal with Tristan Wirfs going on record saying he's definitely looking forward to the matchup, which, you know, he's done pretty well against some pretty big name pass rushers and defensive linemen so far this season. But I don't know if he's, if he's matched up against a guy of Aaron Donald's uh, quality just yet. So we'll see how that goes. But speaking of offensive line, Sosa, your offensive line, the Los Angeles Rams had a huge loss uh, this last week, losing Andrew Whitworth Um, with given the Buccaneers pressure rate, given how much they like to get after quarterback, even, you know, you look at Shaquille Barrett, who's coming off of what many people are, you could have been a defensive player of the year campaign last year not having the sack numbers that he had at this point last season, but he's getting a whole lot of pressures and pressures do matter, especially when a quarterback like Jared Goff, who does not have the best reputation is handling that type of pressure. How much confidence do you have in this Andrew Whitworth list offensive line going against this Buccaneers defensive front? It's most definitely a very big concern. And I'm glad that you mentioned a guy like Shaq Barrett, because that was a guy I highlighted for the Rams coming into the off season two years ago when he left Denver and was a guy that I thought was going to be a very good player in this league. And, uh, you know, as it turns out, obviously, like you mentioned, he had that 19-20 sack season last year. And then this season, like you mentioned, obviously the sack numbers are down a bit. But uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he ranks in the top three in pressure still. So the guy's clearly been very active, very good, uh, and is a hell of a player. And I'm going to ask you about him in our segment. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely concerned about the Whitworth loss, you know. I think a lot of people don't really realize the optics of offensive line play. When you look at it, you have a guy like Andrew Whitworth who has graded out as an elite offensive lineman this season, you know, one of the best left tackles in football. And that allows the Rams offensive line to do different things in terms of sliding their protections the opposite way and offering help to other guys and leaving a guy like Whitworth on an island because you can trust him and because he's so good that he's going to most of the time neutralize who's across from him. But, you know, with that being said, he's obviously gone now. And, you know, it definitely minimizes the amount of things that you can do when it comes to that offensive line. Now, his replacement in Joseph Noteboom, this is going to be his first time starting at tackle. He did start this season at left guard and lasted about a game and a half until he got injured and was on injured reserve really up until this past week when he was just activated ahead of week 10 and was literally just tossed into the game mid-game when Whitworth went down. So the intriguing thing there is that, you know, he is a former tackle at TCU. That's what he came out as. He has a finesse style game and, you know, he's definitely a better fit at tackle than he is at guard. But I mean, when you're trying to replace a, an eventual Hall of Famer and an elite left tackle, I mean, you're going to feel some sort of a loss. And uh, it's definitely a concern moving forward. But, you know, the early returns through that first half of the week 10 or sorry, the second half of that week 10 contest, you know, no boom looked pretty comfortable at left tackle. But we're going to see uh, moving forward. I would expect the Rams to probably allow Malcolm Brown their you know, tr- one of their trio of running backs to kind of stay in and help with pass protection a little bit more often uh, just to seal off that edge there. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot of good things about Noteboom and I've been listening to your show and, you, and you've been praising him for his performance coming in there, uh, replacing Whitworth. Not obviously not an easy task, but, you know, it seems like he rose 
to the occasion. Of course, he also did against the Seattle Seahawks defense, which is not necessarily as highly touted as one like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you talked about those running backs, Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. Uh, they're, they're coming off a pretty strong performance, a, a collective uh, three-headed attack that they had against that CLC Hawks defense to help lead them to that win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, by a lot of metrics and measurements, have the best run defense in the National Football League, even though they lost Vita Vea earlier this season. Do you think – I know you think it's important because I heard you and Bear Modder talking about how important it's going to be for the Rams to try to get that running game going. How confident are you that they're going to actually be able to do that? And if there's one running back you could see giving the Buccaneers the most problems out of those three, which one might it be? You know, I think Sean McVay is probably going to lean away from that running game. That's what he likes to do. Uh, he's a, you know, a pass caller at heart, a play caller in terms of he, he likes to, you know, lean towards the pass. And uh, in 2020 in, in a passing league, I guess you can't really knock him. And then, like you mentioned, you know, you look at that defensive line uh, and really the linebackers, which might be the best duo linebacker in football. And I mean, they're just amazing against the run. So, uh, you know, I don't expect the Rams to be very productive when it comes to the ground game in this one. I think it's going to be a tough, tough game uh, when it comes to the trenches and trying to gain yardage on the ground. You know, it might be a lot of three, two yard carries, a lot of grind it out kind of runs. And with that being said, Malcolm Brown is the guy that's, you know, best suited for that role. Now, uh, you know, I think the Rams should kind of lean away from Malcolm Brown in terms of looking for a guy with a lot more explosiveness, which both, like you mentioned, Henderson and Akers have. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a little bit more of Cam Akers moving forward in the second half of the season. Like they mentioned, uh, Sean McVay said, you know, they want to get more touches for Akers. They want to get him more playing time and deservedly so. I mean, he hasn't played a lot, especially in the first eight weeks. Uh, he did get an injury, obviously, to his ribs and missed a game or two there and kind of had to work his way back in. But with that being said, I mean, he's been such a good creator for the Rams, even in his very short time on the field. So. Uh, if there's, you know, any guy that can kind of take a three yard run and turn it into a 15 yard one, I would expect that to be acres. So uh, and he did actually lead the the team in rushing attempts last week when Daryl Henderson picked up a little injury. I don't know if it's very serious or not. I don't believe it is. But, um, you know, my head says Daryl Henderson might lead the backfield. Uh, my heart says it should be Cam Akers. But that's one of the intriguing and, and frustrating things about this backfield is it's very hard to guess what the Rams have planned in any given week. Yeah, the Buccaneers backfield has been similar, similarly confusing at times as well. Um, but Buccaneers fans very, very familiar with Cam Akers. A lot of them Florida State fans and then the ones who aren't Florida State fans spent all offseason listening to Florida State fans jockey for the Buccaneers to draft Cam uh, in the NFL draft. They obviously went with Keyshawn Vaughn. And they had two other young Buccaneers entering this season that are now Los Angeles Rams. And something that Buccaneers fans are conditioned to seeing is former Bucks coming to Tampa, especially and doing damage. These two, I'm not sure how much they're going to do, but I want to get your input on, on how they've been for the Rams. One of them just joining, so not a lot there, but and how much you you think they might impact this game. Uh, those, those two players, of course, being running back Raymond Calais and kicker Matt Gay. Yeah, so Kelly uh, figured in earlier in the season as a kick returner and not really much more. So I don't think he's going to be very active in this game. You know, he might actually be on the inactive list, to be honest with you, um, because the Rams have kind of settled in with Nasimba Webster as the kick slash punt returner. And he's been pretty good in that role. So I would expect him to continue doing that. But uh, with that being said, you know, the kicker position has been a very frustrating one for the Rams. I know Buccaneers fans know all about kicking problems uh, over the past few seasons, at least. And like you mentioned, you know, the Rams just signed Matt Gay. Uh, they originally drafted Samuel Sloman coming into the season. He won the kicking job during training camp and he was terrible. So they let him go a few weeks ago and replaced him with veteran Kai Forbath. And ironically enough, Kai Forbath comes in and struggles. He was not very good either and just got placed on injured reserve with an in ankle injury. 
Uh, and so now the Rams signed Matt Gay to their active, you know, their 53-man roster, uh, as well as having Austin McGinnis, who was with the Rams during training camp, uh, battling for that kicker spot with a guy like Sloman, who the Rams ultimately chose, and he was so bad. So, you know, I don't know what that says about McGinnis, but it sounds like the Rams are going to let McGinnis and Gay kind of battle it out, you know, for this week and moving forward. But I think McGinnis probably has the leg up, considering he has been on the practice squad for about two weeks now. And, you know, with the whole COVID situation, Gay can't technically join the team until Saturday. So obviously that's going to be pushing it when it comes to this week. But, uh, you know, I'm, I really don't know what to expect from the kicker situation. It sounds like it's going to be a complete toss up, a coin toss between these two. And ultimately, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Gay does win the kicker job in two days and somehow starts for the Rams on Monday. So, um, you know, he could factor in very heavily for the Rams very quickly. Yeah, I can promise you the Buccaneers fans are already having nightmares of Matt Gay <laughs> kicking a game-winning field goal in Raymond James Stadium uh, on Monday night. That would uh, that would set Bucks Twitter ablaze in a hurry. Um, looking to key players now, and I, and I have a feeling I know who your answer is going to be. Uh, but outside of Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey, um, who is the defender that the Buccaneers offense needs to be ready for or else they're going to regret it for underestimating him? Yeah, if uh, if you've listened to my podcast and Rams fans that have listened to my podcast and and really followed me on Twitter for, you know, dating back to two years at this point, it's got to be my guy, man, cornerback Darius Williams. I mean, he's so instinctive. You know, this is his first season starting. He's a former undrafted free agent. He's, you know, been through it all in terms of going through, you know, not being drafted and then having to fight his way onto a team and onto a practice squad and bouncing between practice squad and active roster, you know, starting his career with the Ravens, not making it there, joining the Rams, you know, spending three or four seasons and not really getting to play. So this is a guy who's really earned his shot and he's finally getting it this season. And he's been absolutely tremendous for the Rams. He has four interceptions on the season. He had one pick six called back against Russell Wilson this past week. Now, you know, I, I would be remiss not to mention that it was a free play on an offside. So Russell Wilson probably doesn't throw that pass and not uh, in a non-flag scenario. But man, he's instinctive. He's a guy who has an amazing ability to click and close. Uh, his IQ is very high. He's very, very good in coverage. He's sticky. He's a guy who's going to come up and play, you know, in run support. He's definitely willing to tackle. And he's just got maybe some of the best ball skills I've ever seen from a cornerback. So, uh, I mean, if you go back and look at his interceptions from this season, typically every one of them has been like a diving catch that's looked like a receiver catching a ball on the sidelines. So uh, he's been incredibly impressive. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, he might be out playing Jalen Ramsey. And according to, you know, pro football focus, he is. He's, he's graded as the third highest uh, graded cornerback right now in terms of his overall PFF grade. So uh, you look at, you know, his ability to translate on the field, his ability to, you know, be sticky in coverage. And then to top it all off, his ability to actually create, you know, big plays for the defense in terms of turnovers. Uh, He's definitely a guy you have to look out for. But at the same time, you know, Tom Brady's not going to be a guy that is going to make many mistakes. I mean, he only has seven or I believe six actually turnover worthy passes in this season. And that ranks, I think, 28th among all quarterbacks. So, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting battle to see who wins this one between Tom Brady and the Rams cornerbacks. All right, guys, that's a defensive player from the Los Angeles Rams that the Buccaneers need to know about. But who is the offensive player from the Los Angeles Rams that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense needs to know about? We're about to find out in segment three of this crossover Thursday episode here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Back now for segment three of this crossover Thursday episode. David Harrison, the Locked On Bucks podcast, joined by Sosa Kermenges of the Locked On Rams podcast. Darius Williams, someone that I'm now familiar with very much from listening to your show and then seeing your Twitter timeline. Uh, like you said, <laughs> I'm going to be doing a profile. I do a profile on an enemy player, as we call it. Uh, every weekend and I'll be doing one on Darius Williams thanks to you and and everything that you've been sharing so uh, Bucks players are probably or Bucks fans are probably about to get to know him very well here in the next few days uh, and then flip it over to the offense I mean it's we've kind of taken a lot of options off the table for you to be honest we all we all know Jared Goff we talked about the, the three-headed running back attack uh, we talked about note boom so I guess we're stuck with receivers um, so so give us a receiver and I mean I'll, I'll open up to all of them even if it's going to be a Robert Woods or, or something like that or even a tight end uh, looking at this young Buccaneer secondary, because it's still very young, but Carlton Davis has been out there playing really strong uh, this season. Jamel Dean has been kind of hot and cold, but when he's hot, he's really hot. Sean Murphy Bunting has been been a little bit more struggle or in 2020, but he's still got some talent in there. Antoine Winfield Jr. coming off of a one-tackle performance against Carolina Panthers, but still uh, pretty high up there, I think, for defensive rookie of the year. And then Jordan Whitehead's kind of the unsung hero. Um, looking at that secondary, so, so which Rams running back or receiving threat even uh, do you think has the potential to really have a big day um, if the Rams come out victorious? Yeah, so I'm looking at the matchups and, you know, just based off like what you mentioned, if there's any weak spot, it's, oh, and this this pains me to say, it, it's my guy, Sean Murphy Bunting. I was super high on him coming out of uh, college. I can't remember where he played now. It was a small Central school. Central Michigan, yeah. There you go. Um, and he was very highly graded for me and the Rams wanted and needed a quarterback in that, cornerback uh, in that season, in that offseason. And I actually wanted the Rams to go get him. But, uh, long story short, you know, he's going to line up in the nickel spot and the player that's going to line up across from him most often is going to be Cooper Cup. So uh, I'm going to lean in that direction because like you mentioned, you know, Carlton Davis is playing very well. Jamel Dean is playing very well. They're both on the outside. Uh, the Rams are going to have Josh Reynolds lining up probably most of the time on one side uh, with rookie Van Jefferson kind of rotating in here and there. And then Robert Woods, like you mentioned as well on the other side. So, you know, I look at Who's going to be the most important player for the Rams in this one in terms of their skill positions? And it's got to be Cooper Cup, you know, his ability to move the chains, his ability to catch those third and five passes, the most important money down passes, uh, his ability to separate. I think it's all going to fare relatively well against the cornerback who's not playing that well in Sean Murphy bunting right now. So uh, and like you mentioned, you know, this is Jared Goff's safety blanket. I mean, we're coming off you know, just two weeks ago where a game in which, you know, Cup was targeted 19 times. So uh, you can tell how much comfort Jared Goff has in Cup and deservedly so, you know, he's a very safe player in terms of his ability to separate his very strong hands, uh, though he has struggled a bit with his hands this season. But yeah, I'm going to lean with that nickel slash uh, slot battle. I think if there's any one big advantage for the Rams in terms of their passing game or in terms of their skill positions, it's going to be Cooper Cup versus Murphy Bunting. Yeah, Cooper Cup, definitely a strong player. And even when he's not, you know, playing at his, his peak level, he's still a very effective, solid player in the National Football League. Uh, usually, so as I like to ask for like a bold prediction, but since you are a fantasy football analyst at Pro Football Focus, I want to leverage that experience and knowledge uh, from you for our audience. If there's one Ram that you have to start in fantasy this weekend against Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the defense, if it's the entire defense, uh, which which Ram person is that or player is that among their positional peers this this week? You know, I would have said Cooper Cup, but I'm going to change it up and I'm going to say uh, tight, tight end Tyler Higby. I think uh, if the Rams want to be successful in this game, you know, like I mentioned, the matchups, I don't love the matchups on the boundary in terms of the receiver position. Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the running game is probably going to struggle in this one. It's going to be a lot of short yardage gains, a lot of 
uh, grind it out kind of yards and, and more so just keeping, you know, the Tampa Bay defense uh, honest in terms of, you know, not being able to just kind of drop back from, from the snap and having to actually play the run in, in terms of every now and again. But uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Higby, man. I think if there's any one spot that the Rams could have some success, it's going to be with Higby working in that middle of the field, as well as, you know, in the end zone or in the red zone, the Rams are going to target him down there. And as much as I love a guy like Devin White, he's so instinctive, uh, you know, he can kind of be a little bit too instinctive in terms of, you know, just being 100% flying to the ball every time. So um, if there's one area, I think the Rams could have a little bit of success there. Uh, It's with Tyler Higby. I think he's obviously a great route runner and a very good player. And he's finally coming back from a hand injury that held him out in week nine, I believe it was at this point. Uh, and, And he looked good last week. And, Uh, You know, he had a play last week where he was running up the left side of the sideline and could have had maybe a 50 yard touchdown where Jared Goff just slightly overthrew him. I don't know if that was a communication issue or what, but, uh, you know, he looks good. He's winning a lot of his routes and he's a very athletic player. So uh, I think if there's one you know player you have to start outside of Cooper Cup, I would go with Tyler Higbee. Yeah, I kind of had a feeling you might go with him, actually. Um, and one of our fellow writers over at Bucks Nation, part of SB Nation, Bailey Adams, actually, almost on a weekly basis, I want to say, is concerned about uh, how the Buccaneers stack up against the opposing tight end for exactly the reasons you said. Devin White uh, is exciting he, as he is when he clicks and closes on players and running backs and quarterbacks, whoever has the ball. Uh, sometimes he catches himself being a little overly aggressive towards the line of scrimmage, and uh, tight ends like Tyler Higby can definitely find space uh, behind him when that happens. And if Jared Goff can find that tight end in that open space obviously can do some damage uh, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then finally, so before we we wrap this thing up, I need a, I need a winner and I need a score prediction for Monday night. Here we are on Wednesday. So we've got a lot of time before this thing actually goes live, but give us your best win prediction and score prediction. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. I think uh, just looking at the Rams schedule, like I mentioned, they've only played two divisional games. So, Really, you know, a lot of what they are able to accomplish in the second half of the schedule is going to come down to what they can do in their own division. They still got four games there. Uh, they still got a game against the Jets. They still got a game against the Patriots. And then obviously this Bucks game. But if there's one game that they can kind of afford to lose, I think it's this one. Uh, even though, you know, this could have important repercussions down the line when it comes to playoff seeding. Uh, these two teams are probably going to factor into the NFC playoffs, especially now with seven teams going into the playoffs. So, you know, that is something to, to think about. But, you know, I think about the Rams struggles in, in terms of playing on Monday night and just playing in primetime. They haven't looked great this season playing in primetime. Uh, you look at their inability to finish in the red zone. I'm concerned about that. You know, they, they don't have problems moving the ball between the 20 and the 20. They're going to they're going to move the ball quite easily. But when it comes to that 20 and that money area there, for some reason, the Rams just struggle there. And you know, it's not going to be easy to run the ball down there. So it's going to be a lot of reliance on Jared Goff to make plays. And that worries me, especially when they don't have a guy like Whitworth. And then I just look at, you know, the Bucks. Tom Brady's a guy who can pick apart zone coverage, man. That's what he does. He's going to take what the defense gives him. He's not a dumb quarterback. You know, he's not going to push the ball downfield when he doesn't have anything open. Uh, and he's going to happily take seven to 10 yards and throw to Ronald Jones and throw to Leonard Fournette coming out of the backfield. Uh, and he's going to, you know, he's capable of playing whatever style of, of quarterback he needs to play, whether that's, you know, throwing the ball deep downfield to Scotty Miller or taking, you know, seven yards at a time and, and crafting 15 play drives to score. So uh, that's something I'm concerned about. I do think the Bucks are going to come out and win this one, but I do think it's going to be a close game. So I'm going to say uh, in terms of a score prediction, 31-28 for the Bucks. And, um, you know, I, 
it, it could come down to a field goal. So uh, if the Rams have to rely on a field goal, it's obviously going to be problematic potentially with, you know, the team not even having a kicker at this point in the game. So uh, I think the Bucks are going to take it, but I do think it's going to be a competitive and close game. Yeah, my your score prediction is very close to mine, actually. So that's interesting. And we'll obviously get to that on your show, which, of course, is Locked on Rams. He has been Sosa Kremenge's fantasy football analyst at Pro Football Focus and host of the Locked on Los Angeles Rams podcast. Find him on Twitter at QBSMVP. And, of course, find the show Locked on Rams at Locked on Rams. Sosa, appreciate your time. Appreciate everything you do for the network. And, and it's been a blast, brother. Good luck this weekend and good luck with the rest of the season. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. And uh, it was a great episode. And I, I'm ready to watch this game. And I think it's going to be very fun for both Bucks and Rams fans. Oh, yeah. Another great guest for a crossover Thursday here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Can't thank Sosa enough for all the information he just dropped on me, especially. And then, of course, you as the Bucks fans out there getting ready again to watch this Monday night football matchup between the Buccaneers and the Rams. Tomorrow, James Yarko and I will both be back. Usually our final preview episode, but we've got an episode dropping Monday before Monday Night Football for you. So that will actually be the final preview. We've also got some news that went down on Thursday to talk about when James returns. And we've got some voicemails coming through from you guys. Some uncharacteristically late in the week voicemails. So very exciting to get through those. Hear what you guys have to say here if you guys have any questions for us to try to sift through before this big time primetime matchup as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the first place NFC West team, the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, between now and then, please go find me on Twitter, dharrison82. Throw me a follow. Find James at jarco underscore bucks and do the same. The show is at Locked on Bucks. If you haven't yet, please hit subscribe there on your favorite podcast provider and give us a rating. Leave us a review. It helps Bucks fans like you find the show and then find guys like Sosa Kermenges who drop all of this hot knowledge on Crossover Thursdays. Until we speak again, everybody, if you're out and about, please be safe, be good to each other, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked on Bucks.